Thank you, Paula, for your service tonight. My name is Kathy T. Um, I uh, weighed uh, 349 and I'm around 185 now. Uh, so I'm definitely a 100 pounder. Actually, several times a 100 pounder, if you know what I mean. Um, and um, I've been in OA this time uh, for about three and a half years, but I actually started back in around 88, I think. Um, so um, <clears throat> was I born a compulsive eater? Uh, probably not, but environmentally, my family enjoyed food, and I doubt very few mem family members ever ate to live but lived to eat. Um, and that was, you know, ideal for me. I always chose um, the e easy way and the pleasure and the fulfilling desire came before maturity and well-being, which really became my lifestyle for many decades. My home life was not really that good and there were many types of abuse. I know that I escaped into a food at least by the third grade, if not before then. When I was in first grade, I remember cooking a hamburger in front of a, a friend, and I wanted to show her, you know, I was capable of fixing food. I mean, she could have cared less, but, you know, I thought it, that was a big deal. So I think uh, food was even really important to me then. In fact, I knew it was. Um, I know when I was in fourth grade, my clothes were already a women of women's size, and um, Fifth grade, I weighed 144 pounds. How do I know that? The teacher said, um, okay, I'm going to have everybody weigh, and then I'll call your names out, and you need to tell me how much you weigh. You know, most of them, you know, were 75, 80, 60, and, you know, I was 144 pounds. She was very kind and didn't come or didn't call my name out, but she did come by and whisper, what, how much did you weigh? You know, and everybody was giggling. And, of course, uh, in fifth grade, the chairs did not, uh, were not meant for a 140-pound person. So, you know, I was in constant misery uh, because, uh, you know, my belly uh, hit the desk. And every time I got up out of the desk, I had to hold on to it or it would, you know, come up with me. And then everybody, of course, would laugh. So um, I... Um, uh, you know, it was really a bad thing for me in fifth grade and on. Uh, I was never chosen uh, to really play on games and things like that because, you know, I mean, I was overweight and um, I couldn't run as fast. I couldn't cook as fast. I kick as fast. Um, there was a girl and her mother, oh, man, I was so envious. Her mother cut her, her sandwich in half and put it in a plastic bag instead of wax paper. She gave her, you know, little uh, treats in um, uh, that she had bought from the store. Uh, she gave her a piece of fruit that was all cut up real nice. And me, I had a, a paper sack, a wax paper wrap sandwich, and uh, maybe something else. And it was never too glamorous. But this, and this gal, she had the cutest, lunchbox. I mean, I was so envious back then over her food, which I wouldn't want now for anything, and her 
lunchbox, you know. Um, it was so glamorous to me. Anyway, um, so this, even before this, Candy uh, uh, became my fixture. That was my mainstay, Candy. Uh, and it, it's become a real important uh, part of my life. Now I don't eat candy at all. But um, back then it was really important. And I would stop at, on my way home from school. I would stop. I don't know how I ever got the money to, but I would stop and uh, buy candy on the way home from school. Uh, so my mother started taking me to doctors to get diet pills. And then she'd take me to diets, um, diet clubs, She'd bribe me with clothes, and, you know, that didn't work, of course. Um, then she started telling me um, my father thought I was really fat and not too pretty. And then she started um, sewing me clothes. She couldn't sew too good, so I always looked really frumpy. The home economics teacher kept going, and what diet are you going to be on? Are you going to be on a low-carb diet? Or, you know, what do you do? How are you going to do? You know, and so, you know, that also made me... Um, know more about um, or feel more, you know, insecure because everybody was worried about me weight. And so, you know what it did? It drove me even more. Well, when I was in high school, I didn't date. I was probably a size 18 or 20, um, 16. I know I was a size 16 when I graduated. Couldn't understand how come weird people, tall people, ugly people, had friends and could, you know, um, get ahead in school. And I couldn't. I could not understand that. Of course, I definitely snubbed people because I did not want them to throw me under the bus. So I didn't put myself out there. I acted like I was better than they did. And, of course, you guessed it. You know who, what my best friend was, right? Candy. It was always in my purse. I always had it. And uh, it was my best friend. It was my comfort. It was my joy. I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. It was so important to me. Um, I was really in love with food and how it made me feel and how it made me forget things. But then, you know what, it would make me feel so ugly at the same time and worthless and full of shame. I knew I was eating too much that I looked, you know, rotund and truly, I, I don't think I really even cared. I think I was past caring about how I looked and how people perceived me. I was so low, I just really didn't even care. I needed food and I love food. Uh, deep down, I know that what I really wanted was someone to love me. I was really desperate for love and protection and security. So um, the second guy I ever dated in my whole life was older than me, and he thought I was really a cute chickadee. This was one of the rare times that I was a size 16, and you know that didn't last too long. After about six weeks, we got married, and this I'm, I'm really sorry for. Um, I didn't love him. I didn't even really like him, but I was so very fearful. My folks had got a divorce, and I had nowhere to live, no one to, you know, um, give me any kind of support. And I'd been so sheltered, not because of my parents, but because of my own uh, prison. And so uh, when he said, you know, he'd like to marry me, I said, okay. Um, 
he gave me, you know, I thought he was going to give me the three things I needed, love, protection, and security. But you know what? He couldn't give me those things. You know what he could give me and what we enjoyed most? You got it, Andy. Um, um, we would even go somewhere. There was Back then they only had credit cards, uh, mainly gas, um, gasoline credit cards. And we would go to gasoline stores, um, gasoline, what do they call them? The service stations. And um, would we buy gasoline? No. We would buy that sweet treat. And I mean, one, we would, we would buy a lot of it. And together, you know, we would eat that. Um, so finally, uh, here comes my grandiose part of Bill. Uh, I finally got a job, even at 349, um, and I put all my energies into that. And um, I continued eating the same way, um, but I really strived hard to be the best employee I could be. And um, shortly, I became the court manager, and I spent lots of long hours uh, away from home, and I really regret that. Um, My affections were with my job. And, of course, with food. I would go on all sorts of diets. I remember the cabbage diet, you know, and uh, Weight Watchers several times. And, yes, I have lost at least 100 pounds three separate times, at least. Um, And then, you know, hundreds of pounds, uh, just, you know, 50 here and 30 there and whatever. Um, But... um, I just I could never keep it off. The grandiose part of this whole thing was I really wanted to be somebody. You know, I wanted to be worth something. And so what I did was I worked really hard and I became um, a trainer for the, the Supreme Court in the state. I became a judge of some small towns, you know, and I was really well re- respected. And that was like Bill. You know, I had that grandiose thing, uh, even though he drank. By eight, you know, and that's how we were alike. And um, um, it was, you know, it felt good to be respected for that. But you know what? I still, it didn't matter that, you know, that terrible feeling, those those um, words those that just kept calling me about eating were all still there. It didn't matter that I had become a success with my job. Um, what mattered was my mental, spiritual, and physical being was crazy. Well, I got divorced because, you know, there was, you don't know, but it was a lot of different kinds of abuse in my in my marriage and, and with my kids. And so I got divorced. And so then again, guess what I was? I was out looking for acceptance, love, security, and protection. Guess what? In all the wrong places. And so I I thought if someone was wealthier, and was respected within the community, that was what I needed and that was what I wanted. And uh, so uh, my my eating became very controlled and I got down around 2240. And um, I had a, um, several male friends, but none who thought I was queen. Finally, I met this wonderful, strong, kind man. He was very caring, but after about nine months, he said, I can't take any more of this. Well, that crushed me, you know? And so I had an idealized suicide dream, and I was placed into a treatment center for abused women. From there, 
finally, you could hear my 12 steps. I um, got into a 12 step program. Then that took me into OA. That was in 1987. I started OA in CODA uh, as a group in my small town. Um, but mainly, I went to um, a large, about 50 miles. And I do that every Saturday morning. Uh, and um, I have no idea other than my, you know, the disease is, is just insidious. But about 20, or um, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, shortly after, about I guess two years after, I didn't tell you this part of my story. That kind gentleman that I told you about came back into my life. We've been married for almost uh, 34 years, and so um, he was very willing to take me to my OA meetings every Saturday morning. Uh, but for some reason, I just Stop going. Stop doing the things I needed to do. Um, and so, you know what happened? Yep, I gained the weight back. And that big black hole, that black abyss returned. I was terrible. And so I went to the doctor. And the doctor said, Kathy, you have been, you know, tormented by this weight issue. I think you should get gastric bypass. Well, I didn't tell you this, but I worked really, really hard when I was in OA before, and I really, really believed in God, and I never gave that up, but I did. I stopped using him for food, but I never gave him up. I always still believed in him, but I just didn't use him for food, and that's what you have to do is use him, um, and I prayed about it. I really prayed about the gastric bypass, and I thought it was what God wanted me to do, and I very well may be, but it was a disaster um, because I almost died. I couldn't eat for, yes, for three months. I could not eat or drink. Uh, I was in the hospital in and out. Uh, I was really a sick lady. And um, better. Um, and you might think, oh, well, she couldn't eat for all that time. So, you know, she must have lost a lot of weight. I lost zero pounds. They had me on um, this, this that was intravenous. And it was either 31 or 33 100 calories a day to keep my weight because when you're really sick, you don't want to lose or they don't want you to lose weight. And so um, anyway, I some weight, but um, it, it wasn't like they promised because of all that. Uh, so um, um, I did forget to tell you about my higher power. When I got divorced from my first husband, um, because of, I call it re religion abuse, um, I kicked God under the bus because I thought he was going to uh, kick me under, you know, he was going to kick me out of church because that's what I was told, you know, and all those kind of things. And so I kicked him under the bus and I didn't want anything to do with him. When I went into treatment, that's when I really started learning who my higher power was. And so... Uh, uh, I worked really hard on it, on him and on my program, and I never, ever let go of him to this day. He's always still in really... Thank you so much, Lorraine. And um, so um, why, um, uh, why, did I, um, why did I go back into it, I'll tell you, other than the insidiousness of this disease? So you might think, well, you know, the gastric bypass, it must have worked. It worked a little bit, um, but it didn't work on the disease itself. You know, our disease is really a spiritual disease, and um, 
at um, the same things that had bothered me before, that big black abyss that just nearly drove me insane, and the, 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 the way the food called out to me, and then, you know, bit me in the butt at the same time. All those things just kept, kept on and kept on and kept on. I couldn't stand it. I was about to go crazy. Finally, I said, okay, Kathy, what did you do last time you felt this bad? And it was, I went to OA. So that's what I did. I went back to, I came back to OA. Um, And um, that was in February of 20, February 20th of 20, um, 20. And, but then I started working the program in a different way. I really actually worked, I worked, worked the 12 steps. Um, Before it was, you know, you kind of knew what the 12 steps were, but I didn't really work it. It was more about the food than it was about working the steps and feeling better on the inside. Um, So, that was more important to me than the, than the diet part of it. Actually, I didn't diet at all. Um, I knew I could not stay connected to God without the power that the Spirit gives me. If I'd not cleaned up um, and had my God consciousness, I would not be able to stay uh, abstinent. So um, what happened to me was um, I became... Um, more spiritual. Um, I um, think I have become more centered with love and kindness and have much more joy and peace. Um, I, I, um, I believe in working the steps 10, 11, and 12 all the time. I do a lot of service. I, I believe that service keeps me, um, keeps me centered and it also keeps me, it's an insurance. And uh, so um, you know, there's in the first chapter of um, the doctor's opinion, uh, it tells us 17 different times Dr. Um, uh, I'm not, Dr. Silkworth and Bill W. talked about service. And so that's really, really important to me uh, to do service. And so um, I do believe uh, in having that conscious contact with God, do I have it all the time? No. Do I have spiritual um, um, bankrupt? Sometimes I am. But what do I do? I try my best to get back into connection with my higher power. That is where my recovery is. That's all about my recovery. And that's what the 12 steps is supposed to do, take us to our higher power. So that's my story. Um, and I'm very thankful to be here. Paul, I'm thankful for you uh, taking this meeting and for everyone doing service on this uh, this meeting. Uh, my name is Kathy T. My number is 620-660-5357. And thank you so much for letting me do service tonight. Thank you very much, Kathy, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us. And uh, would you like to suggest a topic for this evening? Uh, I am so sorry, Paula. Um, um, Okay. How did compulsive overeating make you feel? How did compulsive overeating make you feel? Correct. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paula.